Welcome back to the One Talk Podcast. You're here with your host, Ryan McCarthy. And today we are joined by Lachlan Stewart. Lachlan is a men's high performance coach with a holistic approach for career, health, and relationships. He's also the founder of the Men That Can Project, which helps men to create direction for their life through strengthening mental and physical fitness. He's also the founder and the host of the Men That Can podcast, which has over 500 episodes, which is so much value within there, as you can imagine with 500 episodes, I highly recommend checking out his podcast as well. But on today's episode, we touch on men's work and mindset and mental health and resilience and high performance and what it takes and also touching on success and what does success mean and how to actually individualize it so it aligns with your own core values and your own beliefs so you can live a life that is successful to you. And there's so many tools you'll take away from today's episode that you can adapt into your life. And it's just a high value episode. It's also one I enjoy just engaging in. I had so much fun. I know you all will enjoy. In other news, if you could please leave this podcast a rating, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, um, on YouTube as well, that would mean so much. If you could please share the podcast around too on your stories or to a friend or a family member, that would mean a lot as well. It just helps this podcast grow and reach a larger audience. We also have the One Talk merchandise available as well. So check out the links in the bio for the One Talk merch. And also I'll link in everything for Finding Lachlan, the Man That Can project, and also his podcast as well. But without further ado, let's welcome Lachlan. Welcome Lachlan. How are you, brother? Ryan, I am going awesome, mate. I'm very stoked to be here. I'm stoked to have you. I've been following your journey, I would say personally for a year and a half i think i first bumped into your account and the work that you do never since i've just been so somewhat obsessed by the work you do and the value that you bring and seeing you constantly get after it and bringing value to the world and i feel like now it's brought me to a point where i really want to pick your brain connect with you on a deeper level and just have an awesome conversation awesome it's always cool to hear when at what point people come across my page or how they do do that i find it really interesting whether it's you know, they watch another podcast or somehow it pops up in the random algorithms and then we get to connect like this. It's fascinating. Yeah. That's the reason why I love uh, social media as well. The ability to network and connect with people. It's like <laughs> never been like this before where it's so easy accessible to connect with other people in the work they do. hundred percent. hundred percent. And the reason I want to start this podcast like this, I really want to ask you, why did you start and why is the work that you're doing so important to you? I started coaching in the men's space just based off of wanting to solve some issues in my own life. Much like many people out there, I have always felt like I've got something more to offer than how I'd currently been living my life. And I had plenty of opportunity from a young age that I always felt like I was making you know, two steps forward, three steps back. And because of the results and the, I guess, perceived failures, I started to view myself in a poor light. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like how I was behaving. And I was very disappointed in, I guess, the outcomes that I was getting. And there came a point where I hit rock bottom and it got me to a point where I was sitting there thinking, man, you're disgusting. Life was not supposed to end up how it is ending up for you. I, as I mentioned, I, I, I played football overseas. I went to a really prestigious school I had a lot of opportunity and I always stuffed it up. And in that moment, I made a decision that I wanted to change my life. 
and I didn't know what I was going to do next. I just made that decision. And literally, I feel like this is why I'm such a big believer in making decisions. The moment that I decided I wanted more within the space of a couple of months, my life had completely turned around. I moved. I met my now wife. I was held to a higher standard and I just had an idea that I wanted to be hanging around a certain type of people who had results that I wanted, which at the time was to make a million dollars. And in that process, I started documenting my journey, used Instagram, and I was talking about, you know, I was projecting this compelling dream and this compelling life that I wanted to live. I was telling people exactly what I was going to do and how much money I was going to be making and where I was going to be living and what I was going to be able to do. And a lot of people didn't like that, but I was still committed to doing that because I was so excited for the first time that I'd put, you know, drawn this line in the sand around what I wanted my life to be. I decided on what personal success was going to be like for me, not what societal success was going to do for me. And slowly, but surely more people started going, I like that. I can get around that. And as we grow, there was plenty of setbacks. There was plenty of failure. There was plenty of mistakes, but I continued showing up and more and more blokes, especially were inspired by that. And they're like, how have you managed to go from where you were to where you are now? Or how do you have that outlook? Or how do you manage to stay off alcohol? And, you know, all these questions get popping up and I was like, Oh, I don't really know what I'm going to do with my life at the moment. I've just you know, moved back from France. I'm doing a trade as a carpenter. And I don't really know what I'm going to do next. And I was trying multiple different jobs just to get that spark. Yeah. And nothing was doing it for me from Uber driving to sales, to network marketing. There was so much happening, but I just knew I was going to do something, something great. And I was like, okay, well maybe if I can monetize doing what I'm already doing, which is sharing my own mistakes and, and trying to live a more productive and empowered life, that would be a pretty cool scenario. And I literally, I was in Austria at this time. I was actually going for a pint and a, a chicken schnitzel. I put a Instagram store, uh, Instagram video up and I was like, guys, when I get back to Brisbane, we're going to run a men's event. We're going to, it's open to any man who wants to talk about their challenges and share what they're excited about, but we're going to get together. And I uh, didn't have any templates for it, but I just, what I saw was the first one we had seven people, seven men. And it was a really cool experience. Everyone walked away feeling lighter, feeling more energized. And we I felt more connected to these random dudes than I had to most people in my life. And I was like, there's something here. This is exactly what I need. I need to be around men who are going to tell me what it takes to be a great father, but also the sacrifices required. Same with business, same with health, same with all areas of our life. And it kept growing and growing and growing until we were having 30 people rock up at these meetups every week. And I couldn't facilitate it. It was losing the depth of conversation because there were so many people. But I've always asked myself and I've always thought, okay, well, what else, or what's the next step for these individuals? They're all here craving something. They're all here craving connection. They're all here because what they're currently doing in their life or how they're currently living their life isn't enough for them. Mm. So how can I help them get clear on what is enough? How can I help them recreate their life so that they're living one of purpose and one that gets them excited every day, yeah. whatever that looks like for them. And that is why it's so important to me, because if you look at the statistics around suicide, Ryan, it's staggering as we all know, 
Yeah. And a lot of us talk about what we're going to do, but we don't ever change anything. And if we don't change anything, we can do all the talking we want, but it will not produce a different result. So the why I believe it's so important in the work that we're doing is because it's very proactive. It's like, okay, we can sit here and go through every framework on planet earth, but if you don't start changing your habits or start doing things differently and change who you are as an individual, it doesn't matter. 100%. And I feel like that's what's missing from the awareness side is the action that gets put with it. The action is so important as well, because I feel like even on social media, if you follow so many like pages that post quotes that are motivational, I feel like you end up desensitizing yourself to the impact or the importance of those quotes, because they just become something of what normal, because you're just seeing this information. It's just at the end of the day, it's just information, but there's no action behind that. I feel like you can get desensitized to things that are meant to be motivational, but the more you see over time, the less impact it will have on you, unless you do put the action with it. Yeah. It's that dopamine hit. If it makes you feel good, sometimes we can trick ourselves into feeling like we're making progress. Mm. But when we go back out into the real world, which isn't always quotes and, you know, nice shiny things on Instagram. It's tough. We don't know how to deal with that. We don't know how to navigate that. And we don't know who we are in that. And when you're an individual who is not clear on what you stand for and what you want, you will get pushed around and it does not feel good being pushed around. I, it had had it happen to me for 24 years. I, I had decided that I was going to, pursue a societal uh, standard of success, regardless of how it made me feel. I thought that by making other fit people or stepping into that level of success, playing rugby and doing all those sorts of things, I should feel good, but I didn't yeah. felt empty. And that was the first time that I recognized there was a difference between what society wanted for me and what I actually wanted for me. And it is the most empowering thing you can do to make a decision and draw a line in the, in the sand and say to yourself or decide for yourself that this is what I want my life to look like. What do you think was the first deep thought that you had when you had the realization that you need to find the power to stand for something? And what was the steps following that? The environment needed to change. I was always aware that every weekend that I'd go out and I'd, whether it was taking recreational drugs, it was cheating on my partner at the time, um, getting into any kind of mischief. I never felt like that was me. I was doing that because the crowd that I was hanging around in was doing similar things. And it, you know, sometimes it was like, oh, look, he's the loose unit. And I was getting recognized, you know, even if it wasn't for a positive thing, I was still getting recognized. And that made me feel good because I knew I wanted recognition. I still do. I just wasn't aware that negative recognition wasn't the thing that I was craving. It was more positive recognition. So when I became aware of that, that's when I realized that I needed to move. And the process was pretty simple. It's like, okay, I want at once again, at the time I was using societal's society's definition of success. I was like, I want a million bucks. I, want, I believe I'm here for bigger, something bigger than myself. I'm not quite sure what that is. So let's just aim for a million dollars. That's given me something to focus on. The next thought was where the millionaires hang out, not where I was currently hanging out. The next thought after that, Ryan, was millionaires won't want to hang out with me. I'm a crumb. I'm a piece of shit. So I then thought, who do I need to become that they invite me into their circles? 
And that's when I got to work. Mm. I so, got very clear on that. And yeah, there we go. Dude, one of the most important things you touched on there was the self-awareness and having that realization to the actions you're taking and the impact it's actually having on your life, whether it's negative or positive, whether it's helpful or unhelpful. When you had that self-realization or self-awareness, was it from someone pointing that out to you and having that conversation or was it more of you observing your own internal dialogue? Both. I had it pointed out to me countless times. I just wasn't prepared to see it. I was so stubborn and I, I honestly believe a lot of young men are when we start getting testosterone fueled, we don't like being told we're wrong. And it, you know, it happened many, many times in my life. As I mentioned, I felt like I was always walking two steps forward and falling three steps back. And my mum would tell me, my girlfriends at the time would tell me, my mates would tell me, teachers would tell me. And I was just like, doesn't matter. I'm doing things my way. And it was when I was prepared to listen to that and I was actually prepared to accept that, which is the hardest thing to do, to accept that I'm the reason why things aren't going well. I can't blame the football coaches. I can't blame my partner. I can't blame my parents. It's me. That's when I could go, okay, well, if I'm the person who's fucked it up, I'll be the person to change it. Accountability is so incredible when we take it. You know, being able to have that acceptance piece and then realize that the reason we are at the position we are in life is because it's mainly due to the actions we take. It's mainly because of the responses that we have to the circumstances we're growing up in. And once you realize that, it gives you a lot of motivation and strength within because then you realize that you are the dictator of your life and you can decide what these next chapters are going to be written about. What was the moment for you, Ryan, where you started accepting responsibility for things in your life? It started when I decided to quit drugs. So I was addicted to drugs from the age of 11 till 18. I got sober at 18. And from 18 to the age of 20, I battled with all my mental health challenges because from the age of 11 to 18, I just numbed myself. And then from 18 to 20, this is when it all came up and I had social anxiety, depression, a lot of anger issues. And at the age of 20, I had the realization that life's not going to get better unless I take accountability for the way I feel and stop playing the victim of me being the way I was or maybe the upbringing that I had. And it's like, yeah, these things happened in the past, but they don't have to define who I am in the present. Instead, it could be like the hero's journey of who I've become. And once I had that realization, that's when I decided to put in the work. And the funny thing is my journey is kind of similar to yours. You know, I decided to start my page online in June, 2018 as a way for me to share my growth and what I'm going through just to inspire people in my circle, which eventually branched out to a bigger audience and turned into what it is now. But I would say the first moment for me was definitely um, what I just mentioned before about taking accountability for my life and the way it is. You're a weapon, bro. I love hearing <laughs> things like that because I, a lot of people don't, appreciate how hard it is to drop that shit mm, very hard literally hold on to that blanket of victimhood where it's safe and even though we may not like the outcomes it's a comfortable response for us we know mm. what we're going to get even if we don't like it so in order for you to be brave enough and i would say for myself as well and I'm, there's a lot of other people out there to put our hand up and go look I've, i'm not tolerating this stuff anymore 
I'm going to change it. A lot of people won't like it because what one of the hardest things in changing who we are is we change how we show up in other people's lives and people don't like change. When we go, I'm not doing that anymore. This is how I want to live my life. It shines a spotlight back on other people who maybe also want the same things, but are too afraid to make the change themselves. And then we've got to make the decision where it almost tests us around how badly do I want to change? Do you want to change enough that you're prepared to cop criticism? Do you want to change or do you only want to change enough to the point where it's like, oh yeah, I'd like to change, but I'll start on Monday. Yeah, that's it. It's like separating the, is the idea of it good enough or is the actual realization that you can actually reach that potential is something that's going to drive you day to day. Because I think a lot of people get caught up in too much the idea of things. Like you said before, like those dopamine hits we get on the screen, the idea of that can make us feel good and make us feel like we're making steps and progression. In reality, we're not taking the action with it because like how badly do you want it? And I really want to touch on like how hard it is to actually have that realization to make that change. And I really want to shine the light to the men that have or the men making that journey at the moment because it's not easy. It's like it's an everyday battle for a lot of people because it's hard to change something when it's served you for so long. And to have that realization, but then still choose to be like, no, I'm not going to stick this way. I'm going to wake up every day and give them a best shot. Like that's inspiring within itself. And I really want, just want to touch on that and give props to you for making that change and also give props to the listeners here for doing that as well. Yeah. it For anyone listening, it will be one of the hardest things you have to do. And I remember it exactly that moment when I was sitting at the bottom of a staircase and I'm just like, you're a loser. Like you are not as good as you think you are. To say that to yourself and to actually let it sink in. And those were the kind words. That is hard to do, but it will change your life. Because if you now have recognized that you're a loser or that you aren't living up to your expectations, you can then go, well, what would the winner version of myself look like? What would that version of myself look like? How would they think? How would they act? How would they behave? That's when we've given ourselves a roadmap to getting out of it and we get to work. Absolutely love that. That's one of my favorite things to help people with is to actually visualize the best version of yourself. Like how's that person thinking? How's that person waking up? How's that person going to sleep? How's that person showing up? How's that person with his wife? You know, and then being able to visualize that within itself gives you enough energy to take action. And also, What's that look like for you, man? What does my vision look like for me? Mm-hmm. My vision for me, man, is I really want to be the best father I can be. I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be the best version of myself so that everyone around me receives the best version of me. So that's doing things like making sure that I'm in control of my reactions and how I feel. So I'm not constantly reactive. If something pops up, I'm more responsive. I can think deeply on things and have more insight. So that way I can actually offer value in return instead of getting all jolted up like I would in the past and just reacting like, oh, fuck you, fuck this. Instead, I can offer value back to whatever it is that's making me feel like that. It's also just being able to teach the lessons I learned myself and give that back to people. How about you? What does that look like for you? Love that, man. Thanks for sharing that. For me, it comes back to four, I guess, key things. And the first one being healthy, and that's physically and mentally, because I know 
that the healthier I am there, the better energy that I bring to the world and the more that I can achieve in all of my, my goals. The second is flexibility of freedom, meaning that the version of myself has the ability to move with or roll with the punches. You know, I'm not attached to an identity anymore. I used to be so focused on being the footballer. And when I lost that, I didn't know who I was anymore. So for me now, it's based off of every day I'm showing up with a certain level of or certain standards for what I want to, how I want to show up around people. And regardless of what my title is or my role is in that specific moment, I'm doing the best that I can with it. The third one is connection. It's really important to me. Once again, a lot of people struggle to let go of people that don't serve them. I struggled with that. We hold on to mates that we've had since we were three years old, just because they were the mate you've had since you were three years old, even though you may be two completely different people. So I'm very aware that the people I keep in my life are serving a certain level of connection. They challenge me, they add value to me, they uplift me, they demand more of me than I demand of myself. It helps me grow, helps me have great campfire conversations. And the final one, what did I say? I said health, connection, freedom, flexibility is recognition. I struggled to openly talk about the fact that I like being recognized for a very long time. And especially maybe in the Australian culture, it's a frowned upon to want to be successful, to want to have achievement, to want to make an impact. And I always sort of shied away from it until probably 2018. And I was like, fuck it. I love recognition. As long as it's positive recognition, not the negative stuff we sort of touched about earlier. So as long as every decision that I make in my life, the important ones that is, comes back to allowing me to physically and mentally be healthy, to provide flexibility and freedom in my life, to allow me to feel connected and to allow me some way to recognize either myself or the important stuff in my life, that is me living me living my best life. And at the moment, that is being the best husband I can be. It is being the best owner I can be, a business owner I can be and podcaster. And it is showing up and giving my friends and family the best version of myself. And the habits that I have to support that are there for that exact reason. That's beautiful, brother. I love to hear that. It's so good to hear that you've got it all stamped out. You know exactly what it is. Because I feel like definitely with myself in the past and people I've worked with, I never knew that you could even identify these things. There'd be something that you could be aware of. It's more so I was always just living on autopilot and just working just to work, just going to the pub, just to go to the pub, just going home and scrolling just to do nothing. And everything was so autopilot until I realized that I can actually set goals. I can actually set what I want the potential of me to look like. And it's like, once you start curating that into your life and build some conquest as a man, which I feel like is important for a man to have some level of conquest, you start to realize that your life shifts in a way that you never thought was imaginable. Definitely. It's crazy that we aren't taught this stuff. It's also crazy that as a byproduct, we don't challenge things more. Yeah. The fact that you mentioned we can learn to set goals, we can learn to create conquests in our life, we can learn to really create a life that we want to live. And regardless of whoever is listening to this, whether you're 30 years old, you're 18, you're 50, it does not matter. Whatever age you are, you have that many years experience. Mm -hmm. 
within the experience, you can sit down for an afternoon and change your life by asking yourself, what have I enjoyed over the last 20 years or 10 years or whatever? Choose a time frame. What did I enjoy about that? What didn't I enjoy about that? What kind of people do I enjoy hanging around with? What kind of people do I want to distance myself from? What things have I disliked in my life? If I was 80 years old, how would I look back on my life and what would I, in my current, I guess, way of thinking deemed to be a successful life. Yeah. All we need to do is spend a little bit more time thinking in the front end, meaning what do I want? Who do I need to become? Then the back end is where we do the work and we get more feedback around things that we're more intentional on. 100%. Like, why do you think people, so that's just specifically men, why do you think men are scared or afraid or uncomfortable to sit with their thoughts One, we've never done it. We're told that if we think about certain things, there's things that are wrong with us. Dude, I loved music growing up. Loved it. I loved skateboarding. I used to wear skinny jeans and I used to shred. Like I was a sick skateboarder. And I got bullied all through high school. One, I got bullied through primary school for having a high voice, which naturally when your balls haven't dropped, you should have a high voice. Secondly, I got picked on because I went to, I got a scholarship at a rugby school for athletics, but I got picked on by the rugby guys for being a runner and for being a skateboarder. And so I thought to myself, I was weird because I enjoyed other things. I enjoyed playing the drums. I enjoyed skateboarding. I enjoyed everything that went with that whole punk sort of lifestyle, but I felt different. I didn't like feeling different. So when I thought about those things, I was like, dude, That's not how the cool kids think. Stop thinking about that. Pick up a footy magazine, go watch some NRL, do all of that sort of stuff. And I changed who I was to become someone that I thought I needed to be in order to fit in. So many people are doing that in their own ways. Who they are at their core, they don't feel worthy of. The thoughts that they have that would amplify who they are, they don't feel they can accept in themselves and they don't think society will, would accept. That's why we don't allow ourselves to think because it's like, fuck that. That's not who I want to be. No, 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 no. And that's just on a very base level. There's a whole heap more that goes into that is we don't understand how to communicate effectively with ourselves. Most people are very poor communicators. It's like, how's your day going? Good. You? Yeah, good. That's it. If I were to ask you what's been the absolute, you know, I won't say absolute because I would never say that, but what's been the highlight of your day, Ryan? I would get a different answer, but I would also make you think differently. And all we need to learn to do with ourselves because most of us get put in these environments. Let's just say we go to a, a kin, kindy univers, uh, a school or a college and we're all being taught the same things, which means if no one is being taught to communicate well, you're going to struggle to think well because you're only going to think about the questions that you're asked, which is how are you going? Let's learn this. You're going to study this. There's no free flowing or free thinking conversations or curriculum happening. So true because I feel like a lot of people try and externalize the answers and don't know that the answers are within 
It's just you're not asking yourself quality questions to find the answers that are already there. And it goes back to what you're talking about earlier about success. You know, like people externalize success, but then realize that success is already within them. It's just finding it and identifying it. And it's so important, especially when it comes to thoughts, because if you ask yourself quality questions, you get better answers. But I also believe another big thing with thoughts and being comfortable with them is being able to detach and observe them. Um, I learned this through Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, The Art of Detachment and Becoming Comfortable with Thoughts. And the reason why I went the deep dive on thoughts and intrusive thoughts is because myself, I found massive challenges with intrusive thoughts, like just being completely transparent that I always get intrusive thoughts of my partner cheating on me. And I'll be driving down the street and just randomly pop up into my head. Like no matter what I was doing, I'd always get these thoughts. But then once I started to observe my thoughts more and literally sit with them for about an hour a day and not tell them to leave, not tell them to go, not tell them what to do, but simply just sit there, watch them and let them come and go without any emotion attached to them. I started to realize that I was able to start thinking more clearly. I was then able to get more deeper answers without myself within myself. I was then able to communicate better because I didn't have these other thoughts in the back of my head going because I had more freedom within my own mind. Where do you think that stemmed from the that thought around you thinking your partner would be cheating on you? I would pin it back down to no stability in my household growing up. I grew up with a lack of trust and not just for partners, but just people in general. Um, Cause I moved from England to Australia, the family like split up and then it was left with just me and mum in Queensland. And from a young age, I somewhat grew up by myself. So I had no one to lean on. So everything I did, Throughout my life, especially from my teens, I was always self-reliant on overcoming challenges and getting stuff done by myself and working through stuff. So I didn't really trust anyone else but myself throughout life. And then that's when I had the realization that stemmed back down to that. Like that was a deep belief behind it. So it wasn't more so of overcoming the challenges of those four specifically, but it was identifying the core of it and working through that. Yeah, it's interesting. Thanks for sharing that because I used to project the exact same thing. Mm. And it's, I always find it fascinating to understand why a lot of men battle with insecurity within relationship. And for me personally, I was projecting it because that's what I was doing. Yeah. You know, I, I would obviously, I'm not cheating. However, I was messaging 20 other women or whatever. Mm. And then I would get furious. And in my head, I'd make up stories. She must be doing the same. And I never recognized it at the time. It's only later in life that I've been like, that makes sense why I would always be thinking that she'd be doing that because that's the kind of behavior I was hiding. Mm. And that then stemmed back to me not feeling worthy. I didn't appreciate who I was. I didn't think I was valuable. So I was always seeking that validation from other, other people. So interesting. Hey, like how majority of the things in life is just a projection of ourselves. Mm. And wild. Of, yeah. And that's another hard pill to swallow as well. You know, when, you are in that mindset that things are happening to you and against you. And then to have the realization that it's actually a projection of yourself. It's like, whoa, it's like a ton of bricks hit you in the head. It's like, <laughs> how, how am I meant to deal with this? <laughs> yeah, literally. But it's cool. You share that process there around how people can overcome that because it, it is something that you can overcome when you start thinking about it and understanding where it stems from. And quite often, Ryan, I, I do believe a lot of it comes back to, most people don't value themselves. And you can see that in their appearance, in how they communicate, in the people that they surround themselves with is they really lack 
self-worth, which then shows up in poor self-respect and, and things that I've mentioned. And for me, it's like, okay, well, if you do want to change how you feel about yourself, let's start with simple things. Let's start with your appearance. Let's start with how you talk to yourself. And this is one of the biggest things I feel a lot of men challenge, uh, are challenged with, and I was challenged with it as well because I thought it was all woo-woo. For a very long time as a football player, I was like, you can't be saying nice things to yourself, man. That's so fucking lame. That's like a yogi thing. I was the same. And then the penny dropped and I was like, hmm. When I was an athlete, I was performing at an elite level. What was I doing? I used to practice a thing called brain gym, Ryan, which was pretty much visualization. It was prepping myself for how I wanted to play the game um, tackle, you know, all that sort of stuff, but it's visualization. I was forecasting an outcome or a desired result. I was like, Hmm, I'm doing that there. Why shouldn't I be doing that in other areas of my life from relationships to finances to uh, love? Then I started thinking, Hmm, I was also very fit and healthy. Like I looked after my body. I recovered well. I ate well. I slept well. I prioritized performance. And as a result, I performed well. So why would I not then start breaking down what are the performance metrics that allow me to be the best husband, that allow me to be the best mate, that allow me to be the best, best business owner, and just incorporate those into my day-to-day -day life? It really is quite simple. And look, when we do these things, or from my experience, when I started doing these things, a lot of these limiting beliefs that people talk about started showing up. As I externally, I was projecting I wanted to make a million dollars back in 2014, Ryan. Yeah. But internally, I still didn't feel worthy. As I just mentioned, I'd had my rock bottom moment. So there was this contrast, these two pulling, pulling weights on either side that just weren't going to let it happen. And rather than just give up and go, you're never going to be a millionaire. You're never going to achieve that goal. I went to work. I still kept the goal up there. I just moved the timeline. And I said to myself, okay, what do I need to change within myself in order to feel like I deserve a million dollars? There was a lot of shit, but I, I kept going, what's the next step or what's the next thing I need to change and just slowly built it brick by brick, always with the goal in mind to achieve that outcome. And what eventually happened was as I was building myself up and understanding myself, I realized and recognized I didn't want the million dollars. I just wanted those things that I mentioned earlier, recognition, flexibility, freedom, and all of that sort of stuff. So that's then when I was like, cool, goalpost has changed, more fulfilling outcome, win-win. That's why it's, cheers for sharing that, but it just shows why it's great to have a goal in mind. And then you realize the person you become on the journey is far better than the goal itself. Because I feel like the person you become on the journey sets you up to make the goal even bigger in the future. 100%, never stops. Never stops, it gets bigger and bigger. And the more you realize the possibilities of your own potential. And it's very hard to stop a person who recognizes that. 100%. And I want to really touch back on the visualization side of things because it can sound woo-woo for people that have never done visualization and sat with their thoughts and practiced that. For me in the past, I was very much like, I'm not visualizing, but now I'm very much a practicer. And there was this research done. I'm not sure if you've heard the basketball research to do with visualization. No, I haven't. I'll quickly, I'll quickly share it with you just because I want to show the listeners here as well the importance of it. But there was a study done where a group of scientists got 30 people and they split them into three groups of 10. 
And what they did is they got these three groups of 10 to shoot basketball from the free throw line and to see what their success rate is. So the first group of 10, they said, come back in 30 days with no physical practice and no visualization practice. Just come back after 30 days and we'll see how much you improve. The second group of 10, they said, do physical practice only for 30 days, then come back and we'll see how much you improved. The third group of 10, they said, do visualization practice only every day for 30 days, then come back. Anyway, at the end of the 30 days, they all came back. The first group that did no physical or visualization got like close to 0% improvement. The group that did physical practice only got 27% improvement. And the group that did the visualization only practice got 26% improvement. So they got 1% behind the 10 that did the physical practice. That just shows the importance of visualization. But then combining that with the physical, with the action, just shows like how powerful our beings actually are when it comes to attaining or achieving something. Mm, that's powerful, really, really powerful. And there would have been a definitely a compound effect had you put the two together because it would have made it a lot easier to visualize because you were sitting there doing the doing the shot as well. It's definitely one of the most underutilized modalities to improve your quality of life. And I'm definitely guilty of, you know, I fall in the trap where I'm like, I don't have enough time. I don't feel the output is hard enough for me to reap reward, even though I know that's complete bullshit. I'm like, for me to grow my business, to think about potential sales calls or whatever I may need to be doing, as opposed to just getting on the phone and doing them. Sometimes your mood might be off or you may be speaking too quickly or you may not be using the right words. How do I take in five or 10 minutes to think about it? I would have prepped myself better and I would have performed better on the phone, which means my close rate probably would have been instead of, you know, let's say one in 10, it might've been two in 10. And it can go for every situation in your life, much like journaling if you think about things, you can, as you mentioned earlier as well, Ryan, you can detach or dissociate from it. So you can view yourself as if you're watching a bystander. And we generally give other people better feedback or advice than we give ourselves. So when you watch it in that, in that position, you can then give yourself the advice or feedback that you actually need. And that's just like your mind knows what it needs as well. It's just finding that. And I feel like when it comes to doing the work and whatever that looks like, I feel like we can overcomplicate it sometimes, especially as men, because we're very analytical, oh very yeah. logical. So we can overthink things too much to the point where it stops us from taking the action. But I feel like if we just take a step by step and just break it down to things like visualization or things like going to the gym or getting better nutrition in your body, they're the main steps that it will take to actually better your life. And then all the other things will come over time. Agreed. I definitely agree with you. Mm. Do you feel like when you first started this journey or even today, if it still relates to you, do you feel like boundaries was a tough one that you ever struggled with? Definitely. I remember the first time I was really going to go all in and getting my health back on track after I had a bit of a um, fun time partying was the boundaries around saying no to alcohol and saying no to partying and everything else that came with that. So I knew I wasn't confident enough in myself to be able to go look dude to my mates like i'm not doing that I'm not partying this is what i want to focus on i just wasn't strong enough so what i did was i did seven back-to-back 16-week -back fitness challenges i just kept signing up kept signing up 
And I was like, boys, I'm so close to finishing this one. I think I'm going to win this one. I, that was almost like this excuse that I held in my hand. And it, it, I believe it was a beneficial excuse at the time because I had something to lean on until I was strong enough to hold myself up. So, yeah, I, I think when we look at boundaries, it's we all know what we do want and what we don't want. Everyone has that gut feeling. Yeah. And look, I, I used to say to everyone, you should just pull the trigger and make it happen. It's that simple. And it is in theory. However, I also have reflected a lot on it and I did have a lot of support when I was making some change and I, I was able to create some excuses or lean on some different things that were there that my mates didn't question. So I, I still use that to this day. If I know that one, I don't feel like I have to justify myself or I don't want to always be the guy that's not drinking at things. It's just like, I've got this on or I've got that on. I let people know. And I almost use that as an event or I'll just sign up for something that is more beneficial to the goals that I'm working towards than potential shit coming up that I don't want to get involved in. Do you feel like setting? Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say some people may disagree with that, but I do what I feel I need to do to get the outcomes that I want. And look, I'm, I'm not bulletproof. I'm not, you know, (laughs) I still have my kryptonite, right? Like I, I do enjoy beers. I do enjoy so many things that if I continued to do them, wouldn't be beneficial to me creating the life that I want. And so rather than always trying to just be the stoic dude, who's like, I can say no. It's like, no, I fucking can't, but I'm going to have something on the next day. That's going to require me to say no. Do you feel like setting boundaries? And this is just for yourself personally. Do you feel like setting boundaries got, I wouldn't say easier, but got more, something you're leaning into over time because you learn how to communicate and not just externally, but communicate with yourself. Definitely. Boundaries are so much easier when you know what you want Mm. and when you know how to talk to yourself about things. There's a a reason why I'm very good at not drinking as much alcohol as I once did because I have a boundary around it. I understand how I behave when I consume too much, I understand how I feel the next day. I understand how being unproductive the next day as a result of that then makes me turn internal. Yeah. So there's, and that's just one example, but there's definitely a lot of boundaries around giving my time to certain people because I know how important time is. And I would much rather spend time doing absolutely nothing than spending time with the wrong people just to be around people. Mm, agreed. So I feel like for myself, when I started setting boundaries for things that weren't serving me, because I used to be the person, like I used to be a yes person. I would just say yes to anything. Like, you want to do this? Yeah, right, I'll come. Oh, can we catch up? Yeah, right, I'll catch up. Like, I would just say yes to everything just because I just felt I need, I had to do that to be able to serve and be in that place. But once I stopped doing that and set more boundaries in my life, I realized that more opportunities started to open up for me in life. I felt like, cause I was closing the door on the things that weren't serving me. And then my mom was open to the things or the opportunities that will serve me. Do you feel like that relates to you? 100%. You said that really well. If we're continuously bombarding ourselves with just saying yes to everything, we don't once again, you don't get those moments in time to reflect on what you want more of, or you don't have space to say yes to the things that you want or the people that you want to connect with. So the more you can create opportunities for that, 
it's look, it's really all in my from my experience, Ryan. Success in any area, there is a framework, and it's a simple one. And the more simple we can keep things, the more likely that you're going to achieve that outcome. The challenge and the reason why so many people don't achieve the outcomes that they want is because they overcomplicate things for a number of reasons that we've discussed here, whether we overthink things, fear pops in, we feel there needs to be a shortcut. We want it to happen quicker so we start doing more things and then the whole process gets distracted and life happens and you started with a goal to run a marathon and now you've run 20 Spartan races in between. It's really quite simple, but your ability to focus on getting that done is going to be the most challenging thing in order to achieve that. Very much simplifying it as well. Because for myself, the thing that I do is I don't ask myself a million questions at night. It's mainly I reflect on my day and ask myself, am I proud of today? Because I feel like with proudness, like happiness is going to be an extension of that. Fulfillment is going to be an extension of that. There's going to be so many good other things that will be an extension of being proud. So if I reflect back on my day, I'm like, am I proud today? Yes. Then I'm pushing the needle and moving forward. It's really just simplifying it like that. Like, do you have any similar reflections that you do at the end of the day to help really solidify the actions you're taking and it's keeping you on, keeping you on your path? Mine is just, did I do what I said I was going to do? It doesn't, similar to you, it doesn't need to be complex. I am very good at time management. I'm very good at planning out the things that need to get done in order to achieve the things that I want. And when I plan my week, I include time for my wife. I include time for training. I include time for all the things that are important to me across various areas. And I put them in my work week. Because to me, I give them the same value as every other thing in my life. Right. And the reason why I say the same value is people set, seem to believe that they're giving more value to their family or various other things, yet they do not schedule time to do things with their family. Yeah. That's why this divorce races rates are so high. So as a result of that, it's like, did I do what I said I was going to do today? Yes. What a fucking good day. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's all I, I trust my ability to plan and I trust the fact that if I do, you know, and look, if I can do 80% of all the things I said on a daily basis, I'm killing it. Yeah. Planning is crucial as well because my belief is if you don't plan, you're going to burn out. And not just burn out mentally, but you're going to burn out your relationship. You're going to burn out your finance. You're going to burn out your business because things are just going to be scattered. The things I'm putting in order to be able to delegate certain areas of your life because I found myself, I did, if I didn't plan, I was thinking of everything at once. Like I wasn't giving my mind space to be able to be like, all right, I'm not thinking about the podcast now because this is my time, my partner. Instead, it was more so everything's mixed into one. There's like a big, big mix of juice and I'm drinking it. It's like, no, this is the cranberry juice. This is the blueberry juice. Like it's all different. We got order. ourselves a party. Let's <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now people can come and they know what juice they're getting. But I feel like I just want to touch on like how, important it is to actually plan out your days or plan out your weeks and put things in order. It'll be one of the best skills you can develop. If you can learn time management, it'll change your life. Yeah. That's it. Because people think that they need more time in the day. You just got to find a way to make time. And you do that by planning. And this actually segues into my next 
question I want to ask you as well, because I feel like a lot of men find a challenge with this is they feel like they're not doing enough. And I feel like a lot of men try and fill more things within the day to try and feel like they are doing more, but instead they're filling more things in that's actually taking them away of what will truly fulfill them. I just want to hear your perspective or your thoughts or what you've seen around men feeling like they're doing, not doing enough and what they can do to help structure that more. I am guilty of being that guy and I've only feel like I've got on top of that in the last 18, well, probably since COVID actually, that's a bit longer than 18 months now. And that came down to being impatient. I'm an ambitious individual and a lot of people are. And when we decide we want something, there's that element of motivation that comes with it, the inspiration that comes with it and we want it now. But what we haven't done is earned the right to have that, whatever that is. And because we do that, we're like, the best way to get there is to do more of the thing that I think I should be doing. However, what we fail to recognize is the fact that we have input and we have output. If you're always doing output, you will have nothing left to give. You will, I promise you, and it's proven that as you fatigue, your memory isn't as good. Your ability to focus isn't as strong. Your ability to communicate isn't as, or you aren't as articulate. Right, that's a byproduct of fatigue. So if you continually do something, you become fatigued, yeah? Yeah. So in order to balance fatigue or to combat fatigue, we recover. If you're doing eight hours of work a day and you're sleeping six hours a night because you're a hustler, you've then got the remaining time, which is 10 hours. What are you doing with that? I guarantee you most people are scrolling. It's all in like unintentional recovery. You'll get a lot more out of intentional recovery than you will unintentional recovery. Most people are just slobs when they do their unintentional recovery. They diminish their energy. They eat shit food. They consume shit content. Rather than intentional recovery, which is how can I um, recover and replenish my mind? How can I recover and replenish my body? So tomorrow, that eight hours of output is going to be very, very effective. Yeah. So I've experienced it. I focus on a lot because a lot of the work I do and a lot of the people that I work with are peak performers. It's how do we get that extra 1%? And it's not about giving yourself more time because I, once again, myself included, and many of the people that I've worked with have more money than they know what to do with. And it's still not enough. So the next goal is how do you maintain the money that you have and do it in less hours so that you can be a better husband, you can be a better father, you can spend more time wakeboarding or doing the things that you want to do. That's how we get our life back. And Sometimes less is more. Less is more, 100%. Because the same thing that got you to, you know, once again, without overcomplicating it, yes, you need systems, you need leverage and stuff to scale things. I understand that. But it's the same fundamental uh, actions that are done to grow anything. Whether you, you've got 10 people helping you or it's just you. So you can do more of it awesome and sometimes that is required i do do that I, at the moment i'm doing a lot of that however in the best case scenario i'm just doing what i need to do in order to get the outcomes and i'm getting other pockets of time or allocations of time to spend doing the other things that are also equally as important to me yeah 
I think you shouldn't important. be fucking say, if any man listening, you should not be continuously sacrificing the things that are important to you, like family, health, time with your mates and hobbies for money. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Even if, you know, I was on the bones of my ass seven, eight years ago. I remember I was Uber driving at this point. I was like, if I have a thousand dollars in savings in my account, I've made it. Like that's life is amazing. And then what happens? You get your thousand dollars and it's not enough. And then you go, okay, when I hit 5,000, then that's not enough. You know, it never changes because you aren't allocating the time now. If you don't allocate the time when you've got nothing, you won't allocate it when you've got something. I promise you, because you've created a fucking habit. Make sure you create the habits you want when you're building. So much easier. Oh, that was so good. It's just so true. Like it makes a lot of sense hearing you say that. It's like, why sacrifice the things that you know you enjoy to chase something that's stressing you the fuck out? Like, yeah, it may have an end goal to it, which you may feel like will win you time back in the future. But why not have time now? Like why prolong 20 years or why put aside 20 years to enjoy something then when you can have it right now? Literally. It's literally just about finding the balance in between the two. And I think going back to the advice you gave earlier, being able to delegate time will play a big factor in helping you organize that. And this comes with, you know, developing skill sets. And actually, let's just look at because I know not everyone has a business. So when we say leverage or um, creating leverage, let's also look at it in a, a relationship because it can very work work very well in relationships as well, whether it's mateships or intimate. But my wife and I, we've created leverage because we both understand what we're good at in our relationship and what we're not. But rather than both of us, unless we decide we want to go to the grocery shops together because it's you know, a nice little outing. We both don't go. It doesn't make sense for both of us to go. It's a low value task that takes time, time that you don't get back. So we've decided who does that. That then frees up the other person to do something that's more productive for them, a higher value task. Okay. And there's so many things that you can do in your, uh, your household and in your life that can create leverage with a mate or with a partner because time is the most important thing that we have. And if you're time poor, you need to think about, okay, well, where can I create leverage in my life to do these one percenters that are going to help me improve my quality of life? You know, my wife, man, from 2014 till 2017, she like carried, she did everything. Like I was working my ass off and front of me or just to the right here there's a little closet i call it dobby's corner like of harry potter because it's this small little um place in the office here <clears throat> and that's where i built my business i would be in there no joke from 5 a.m until about 11 p.m at night cold calling and cold messaging people just telling them about what i do and she would bring me in dinner she sacrificed time with me i didn't have money as i, I was mentioning we didn't do nice things i didn't even watch sport and she, so she did everything. I was very fortunate, Ryan, that she afforded me leverage. Yeah. She afforded me literally not having to go worry about cooking meals, which doesn't take that long. But I got that extra little bit of time every day, which compounded over three years to get better at what I was doing. So 
there is always an opportunity to create leverage and it doesn't just mean you need to have a business to do that. There's so many ways. That's important too, is relationships. Because at the end of the day, we all have relationships, whether it's girlfriend, boyfriend, mum, dad, brother, sister, friends, whatever it is, we'll have a relationship with someone. I've been able to leverage time specifically going back to time. Being able to leverage time is so important because like if we waste, for an example, if we chuck away two hours a day, that's a one whole month a year, two hours a day. Scary. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing for two hours a day? That's going to be throwing away one month out of 12 in the year. And it's like just being able to be more perspicacious on what that is. So you can actually start taking action and having that self-awareness as well. It's important. I want to add something to that as well that a lot of people don't think about from a time-wasting thing because I know there's that um, thing that's gone around. It's a month a year if you're wasting two hours a day, whether it is watching Netflix and you wanted to build your hustle and all of that sort of stuff. We also need to look at it from a productivity standpoint. And this for me is really why I hone in on um, energy through mind and body. Because let's assume that the average punter works a 40-hour work week. You know, We all know it's 38 in Australia, but let's say 40. Let's assume that because you don't prioritize your health, physical and or mental, you're 10% less productive every day. So over the week, that's an additional four hours that you're wasting because you're 10% less productive. And it's probably more. Let's be generous. Let's say you're now earning $50 an hour. You've now given back $200 a week, $10,500 a year. Or that's what you've cost because you've had to catch the work up and it's the reason why you're working on weekends or you're having to go in early because your productivity down is down. Not because you don't know how to do things efficiently. It's taking you longer to wake up. You don't have the memory. You don't have the focus that we've spoken about and it costs you. And for a business owner, if you have staff in that position, they're costing you money or they're costing you time to get a, an outcome. And, you know, if we look at that in the space of hours, you're looking at uh, four hours sorry, four hours a month. Well, I was not talking weekly, but that's like 204 hours a year. That's a lot of time, man. 100%. That's a lot of time. That's So that for me is another thing to sort of add to your, uh, what you were touching on before about just that that time, wasting time productivity is a big thing and this is why a lot of people just view health and fitness as for athletes you're a fucking athlete at life if you want to really crush some stuff start thinking about your productivity and what you can do in order to perform at a better level that's a great perspective i'm glad you extended onto that because that was a really good way to view it and also to show the importance of it and especially with thoughts that come up as well. Like, do you find yourself or how do you find yourself challenging thoughts, like your own beliefs and your own thoughts? Is that something you do practice? Would you say like negative thoughts? Is that what you're referring to? Um, let me rephrase the question. I would say, do you ever challenge your own beliefs sometimes to really understand what the beliefs are and where they stem from? Definitely. I always like to form my own opinion. So everything that I think I always, not always, I do it a little bit every day. So I spend about 30 minutes every day just thinking about a topic or a belief that I have and why 
or where it came from for me and how I've formulated that opinion. And then I also look for varying opinions because I've been proven wrong so many times and I've still got a lot of beliefs. There's things that people ask me a lot about, you know, masculinity, um, men's work, you know, you, there's so many different lines of men's work. We see people wrestling out in the bush, bush in shirts. And then we've got other people who I would consider myself more performance based within society. Like, so there's all these different ways of looking at and creating a specific outcome. And a lot of them, I still don't have an opinion on yet. I, well, I do, but it's not a well thought out opinion. So there's, I could give you hundreds of examples in my life where I'm not prepared to talk about things, I guess, publicly yet because I haven't given it the thought that's required for me to go, yeah, I'm actually well-educated and I've thought about that from a magnitude of perspectives to, to give that opinion. That, that's very interesting. So I relate with that heaps, <laughs> especially yeah. as you know, having the podcast as well and having the platform, you really want to, think through the beliefs before you share them because you want to make sure that you are articulating them in the correct way. So people perceive it in the way that you intention it. Cause I feel like if we don't actually understand or actually find a way to articulate our own message, it can get misconstrued and people take it the wrong way. And then the whole intention behind it is wrong. Uh, the, the intention behind it is understood wrong. And it's like, that's why it's really cool that you have that. And yeah, I love to do that too. And it's definitely, and you, I'm sure you find this as well, Ryan. Coming, so you know, we've got over 507 episodes now and interviewed hundreds of people, work with very, a lot of elite performers. So people sometimes assume that you have an opinion on things and you're a guru at certain things that I'm definitely not it. And in the beginning, I used to just give them what I thought at the time based off a very surface level, I guess understanding and then i'd always find myself going fuck that's not what i meant i don't actually even know what i would say if someone asked me this yeah and so as i've gotten older i've started to recognize that if you don't actually as you mentioned don't actually genuinely understand something or don't even want to comment on something mm. you know all the toxic masculinity for such a long time i was like i don't want to talk about it because i don't fully understand it yet i've seen what people are posting. And I, I know a lot of people are upset about certain things. However, it doesn't impact my life because getting caught up on so much crap is not going to stop me getting the outcomes that I want. People like to focus in on these things and they're very important discussions. Don't get me wrong, but in the context of where it sits in my life, it does not matter. So I have not given it the time that it deserves to form an opinion. And I don't want to be one of those individuals who has an opinion on everything, but does not fucking understand. Yeah. And so that's why, and look, as I mentioned, I literally give myself 30 minutes. So it's part of my morning routine to just choose whatever I would dreamt about or whatever's been on my mind every day to just write. And that's where I start forming my opinion. So I don't give myself a whole heap of time and I will give myself a lot more time once I, once we've finished this move, but until I do that, then I've just got to accept that my ability to form opinions on shit that's going on in the world right now is not going to be as quick as I would like. That's just like the relevancy to your actual own reality as well in the moment. Mm. It's like, what's the importance of you actually forming opinion on something compared to the importance of you still living your life and 
going about your day-to-day and building all the stuff you're doing, you know, it's that inner conflict that I feel like a lot of people battle with, but it's just coming back to the importance of what's relevant. Exactly. It's hard to do. because 100%. <laughs> especially when one of my, I love feeling recognized and important. And when people ask you like, oh, it sort of strokes that. It gives you that pat on the back. And then you've got to be like, dude, you're not ready for this one yet. Yeah. Pass it on. And talking about this, man, like when you go into a podcast, like, Let's say you as a podcast host, what's the intention behind yourself being a host? Are the like what's your intention going into an episode when you do? So when I'm interviewing someone, yeah. My intention first and foremost is to learn. So I'm always inviting people on that have questions that I want to understand more about to help me formulate certain opinions or that I feel will add value to a client or someone that I've spoken to recently because it's like a business card now. Yeah. If people are talking to me about certain things and I may not have the time to sit down with an individual, I'll just say, Hey, had a podcast recently where we spoke about that. Check this out. And so it provides me the ability to learn, to get challenged and to continue to flex a muscle of communication to get better at it. Okay. And then it also allows me to have this virtual business card where I can give tools and resources, much like you said for yourself at the start, Ryan, it's the ability to give people access to world-class conversations for free. And the fact that I get to facilitate that, I never thought I'd be a guy facilitating conversations like that. Now I get to do that. And, you know, we get heard all around the world by over 30,000 people every month, which like, if you were to put 30,000 people in a room, that's a pretty cool room. That's amazing. And that for me is my intent and I, I do prep a lot more as I'm sure you do, Ryan. The longer I've been doing it, the more I'm like, I can actually do something with this. I actually believe I can be a good podcaster and I actually accept that I want to do that. It's not just like something that's attached to my business now. So I am very, I do a lot of research on people and even for yourself, I'm not interviewing you, but I watch a lot of your stuff because you keep popping up on my social. So I feel like I know more about you before we've even had a conversation. And I do that for all kinds of people. And I'm thinking if I only had three questions to ask this individual, what would be the most impactful for me and or for my audience? What do you feel like has been the most surprising thing having the podcast? What's the thing that surprised you the most? Personally, my consistency with it, I will not miss an episode and I have not missed an episode since 2017. 507. Huge. Yeah, 507. So that's um a personal one. I guess from a, a let's just say professional meaning from the whole experience. Just how powerful communication really is. You can extract some wild fucking information from people if you ask a question in a slightly different way. And I I listen back to every episode I do. Do you do the same? 100%, yeah. And every time, so every time, I'd love to know if you're the same. Every time I'm listening back, I'm thinking to myself, how would I ask that differently to evoke a different response that I feel I could have, you know, learned something differently? How to improve how to improve and the fact that ultimately you know you and i have spent what an hour and 
hour and 10 minutes on here so far. So we're flexing our ability to communicate better. We're listening actively. We're asking questions. We're curious. We're practicing a whole heap of stuff that not only is great for podcasting, it's also great for having a better marriage. It's also better for being a better mate. And you and I are doing it just here right now for an hour, let's say an hour and 15 minutes. Then you are going to go away from here and do the whole editing process. You will also listen to this whole conversation. So let's say every week you're spending two and a half hours just on getting better at communication. Who else is doing that? Yeah. No one. Unless you're a podcaster. So the fact that every week, without even thinking about it, you're getting better at communication because of another, I guess, um, from a material level, you're creating a podcast and it's something that you love, but you're getting better at a skill set that is so important in order for you to create the life that you want. Mm. That's so true. And that skill adds so much more value than just being the podcast host, like business with your marriage, with your kids, with your friends, with work, with anything. Like the What's that question for you? What has been personal and professional? Something that has surprised you about podcasting? Personal would be I actually can communicate with people on a deep level. I feel like growing up, like I was a popular kid. I had a lot of friends, but I didn't feel like I could connect deeply with people still. And I never thought that I could. And when I started doing podcasts and I'm doing like any episodes anywhere between 90 minutes to for over three hours, having deep connection, deep, genuine conversations with people, I started to realize that I have the ability to actually connect with people personally. And that gave me a lot of inspiration within me to be able to seek it more and then learn more about myself through that communication and speaking with people. I would say more on a professional level would be because I've worked in like the mindset mental health space for about five years now. And the thing I learned most was the ability to think deeply on questions and how to respond to the person I'm speaking to also while actively listening, listening to every word they're saying the ability to think and also listen and do them both at the same time without any resistance is something that I've learned to be a massive skill in my life. Love that, man. Yeah. But also like with podcasts, you know, you learn communication, but as you know, you learn so much about marketing as well. You learn so much about business. You learn so much about networking, like the amount of networking that I know you would do as well, reaching out to guests and communicating with them, probably jumping on calls them before the episode and, then doing a deep dive into the work they do and learning more about that. And then you start learning more knowledge and more information and more value. Like even when I was building up to this episode with yourself, I think I listened to about five podcasts that you did within like the last few days. And then before that, I've been watching you for a year and a half. The amount I've learned about yourself and the work that you do is also added so much value to my life that I'm going to take away to implement in rather than to myself or the people that I work with or even the people that are around me on a day-to-day basis. And that's why I love it so much. Cool, man. I agree. And that's a, another good point to highlight there, the what you can learn about people from actually just being curious about their life. Mm. I actually wanted to understand people. I've got... This is probably my last question that I have written down for you, man. And I'm really keen to hear your answer. (laughs) So the question is, what's the most challenging goal you've completed and who was you before and after it? 
Man, that's a really, really good question. I feel the most challenging goal I set out that has had the most significant shift in who I became and as, as an individual was building my first business. So well, when I say business, the first thing I got into um, post football and post building was network marketing. As I, I know a lot of people have previously done, but it was an interesting experience because Prior to that, I had no understanding and no belief in myself being able to create a life that I was proud of. I had no understanding of sales, marketing, cold outreach, networking, all of those sorts of things. I just was very insular. And who I became after that, you know, as I mentioned, I decided I wanted to make a million bucks. I also decided I wanted to speak on stage in front of thousands of people. I wanted to build an organization and I did so many of those things. So... Over that uh, three-year period, I completely transformed my life in every single aspect. And that same process, though, when I uh, decompartment, when I break it down, I use that for everything that I've done ever since. You know, I've I've rode thirty marathons in thirty days. I've built another quite a large business. Now we're moving over to Nashville in in a number of weeks. So I'm I'm doing all these things that I would consider significant things however that for me was the one that really sort of cut the cord on who i was that old locky to this whole new life of abundance and really being in control of things that is beautiful brother and i just really want to touch on that too like three years like it just shows that if you dedicate three years to a goal and the amount of improvement that happens on the journey of who you can become on the conquest to that goal is significant. Like three years, you can really turn your life around. Some people, it may seem like a long time, but at the end of the day, three years is going to pass either way. It's still going to go, you know? And within three years to do that, man, that's beautiful. I just want to say thank you for sharing. And also, I also want to say thank you for staying committed to the work that you do, but also most importantly, thank you for staying committed to yourself. I appreciate it, man. I don't think I would have it any other way i don't like quitting and i don't like losing wow uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man and before we wrap up here is there any last words you have there's anything you'd like to say to the audience at all no I, I just feel if anything resonated with you i hope there's some simple processes it really is simple and it's very cliche and you will hear it a lot it's simple to do but harder to implement but if you surround yourself with the right people and just lay out a plan that if you just printed it out and put it on your fridge or put it in your diary or put a reminder in your phone and just did that one thing every single day that would move you one step closer to that, you'll achieve your outcome. Mm. Like you'll learn some things along the way. You'll make some mistakes. You'll have a lot of self-doubt and all of those mental things that come along with it. But you will achieve it. 100%. I just want to say, man, thank you for joining me today. I appreciate your time. Um, I learned so much today personally as well, which I'm going to gonna go and observe myself and figure <laughs> out how I can implement some things into my life, but also figure out how I can also extend your knowledge into my own practice as well. But also, if you did listen to this podcast I and you feel like you resonate with any of it, I recommend that you take action on some of the things that we talked about today. 
start implementing some of these habits or tools or strategies into your own life and reflect back of myself or Lachlan after you do this and see where we can offer any guidance or just a conversation. I'm really cool. I'm really keen, sorry, to hear some feedback from today as well. And Ryan, thank you so much for having me on, mate. It was awesome to be able to chat for the last hour or so and I learned a lot and you asked some brilliant questions and I think we've done a great job here in sharing some value to your audience. 100%. Thanks, brother. And I'll also link in all of Lachlan's um, places you can go and find them, like his website, his Instagram. I'll link it all in the bio of this episode as well. So please jump in the bio and follow Lachlan and the work that he does. But thanks for joining, brother. And thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you.